Hey Vintage Family, welcome back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to be with you and here we are in the midst of a move and we are fully cleaned out of Sharp Point and in transition to our new space and uh, super excited about what's coming and what we're what we have in front of us and the, the journey. Um, but I, I also wanted to just identify something that I think is so obvious and that is this is fully not our normal church. This is not a substitute, really, in my opinion, for what we do. Uh, it's such a different format. But my heart and our team's heart is to do the best we can to stay connected as a unit and as a family and stay in the scriptures. I was thinking about it today, and there are a lot of things right now that are different about what we do, but there's some things that are incredibly the same. We're still a group of people that love to worship the Lord. We're still a group of people that believe the scriptures can lead us and guide us and teach us. And so I just want to invite us to align around that stuff. And uh, the formats are, are unusual and strange. We're, we're shooting uh, videos and, and filming, I suppose is how I'm supposed to say it. We're filming video um, in different places. Um, we don't, we right now currently are kind of displaced and we don't have a, a space to call our own yet as we continue to flip that one. But when Pastor Aaron was talking about bread and cup and a really grabbing onto what Jesus did for us and not minimizing it or, or losing sight of it. I think part of that journey for us is to be able to be the people that God's called us to be no matter where we are. The Revelations, it says John was alone on the island of Patmos, and yet he's having a full encounter with the Lord, still following Jesus. And so in the midst of whether it's COVID or moving or my job transplanted me to someplace where I don't know anybody. What I love about the kingdom is we just get to be us. And it's probably my favorite thing about my relationship with the Lord is that um, no matter who I lose in my life and no matter what changes in my life, I'm never going to lose him. And I'm never going to lose that place of connection. So let's dive into the scriptures. Um, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to go through it with me. We're going to be in James. We're going to be in chapter 21. I'm just going to recap really quickly what we were at, where we were at a couple weeks ago. And then we're going to dive into verses 22 through 25. So if, you, if you're ready, let's go. Uh, we started uh, a couple weeks back in, in chapter 1, verse 21, where James says, So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives, which is just an incredibly strong, convicting statement. And humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your souls. We left off really looking at a simple statement that James was making about a discipline in us that has to be there as believers to lay down what we know Jesus is not for and embrace what he is for. I know that that's a really easy, simple phrase to say, but I think that the balance of our, our life as believers really hangs on that idea. Am I really willing to step into the kingdom and say, there's a way he's called me to live? And to align with that, I'm gonna be willing to lay down. If you remember in our last teaching, I talked about just setting something aside and I used my Bible as an illustration um, and then we started moving and now I can't find my Bible so I got my old one with me so I fully set it aside but the idea is just set aside those patterns of sin that are the things we know he's just said don't do that and instead embrace the things that he is saying to do so James is going to dive in here in verse 22 and begin to explain that same idea with I think more explanation and maybe more understanding of what's at stake. He says, remember, it's a message to obey in verse 22, not just listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen and don't obey, it's like looking at your face in the mirror, 
but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So I just want to take a look at these verses. When he says it's a message to obey, the word here means to fashion, produce, or author. It's the idea of creating or practicing a pattern you heard. It just means to do it. It means to put it into action. I think maybe an easier way for us to understand it would be to to consider this phrase. Why don't you just be about letting your life produce the message of Jesus? If you think about that, Every time I go to the grocery store, every time I go to work, every time I drive my car, what James is saying is I want you to produce in your everyday life the pattern of Jesus. And then James will throw a caution in here where it says it's not just to listen to. The word phrase here means to be a listener. The concept is the idea of casual listening. You know when you're sitting in a conversation with, with a group of friends and you're just listening. You're not really planning on taking everything they say and putting it into action. You're just Kind of in the conversation. That's the idea that James is talking about here. He's saying that is not what this is for. This is not just something to listen to and go, oh, that sounds really good. It's a nice platitude. Instead, what James is talking about is something far more serious. It's not just to listen to. It's actually to put into practice. It's to be acted upon. I would love us to understand this idea. The point of Jesus's message is not to listen to. It's actually to be acted upon. James will go on and say, if you don't obey or if you just listen and you don't put it into practice, that's really what he's talking about. It's a very interesting word that he uses here. He says, if you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. The word is para-logizomai. The word means to create a parallel logic. It's a side-by-side reality. It's almost to create an alternate reality. The implications of this are pretty clear. When we listen to the scriptures and the voice of the Lord and we don't act on it, we don't move into obedience, we actually open the door in our lives for deception. Just consider that for a second. The, what's at risk when you and I ingest the scriptures, hear them, and we don't move into action is we're actually, it's like leaving the back door of your house open and saying to the enemy, hey, the door's open, please don't use it. Jesus will say this about the enemy. He's a liar. He's a thief. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There's nothing about the way Jesus describes the enemy that says, he fights fair. You leave a door unlocked, he's going to knock. Everything Jesus says about the enemy is, if you leave any part of your life unmarked and unguarded, he's going to use it. He's going to infiltrate your life with this thing, and he's going to try to destroy you with it. And that's what James is saying here is if you hear the scriptures, you read the scriptures, whether it's a a teaching in church or whether it's somebody on a podcast or whether it is you just sitting and having quiet time with the Lord, if if you listen to it and you read it, but you don't have any intention to obey it and you don't put it into practice, even when the Holy Spirit's like, man, you should pay attention to that. What you're doing is inviting deception. So what James says here is a really important idea. And he goes on and says, it's like looking in the mirror and doing nothing to improve your appearance. So if you catch the, the, the concept, is he's saying you acknowledge there's something wrong and you just say, yeah, I'm good with that. 
I think this is a dangerous place for us as the people of God, because so many times in our culture right now, people will say, well, that's just my process. That's who I am. This is my, you know, everybody's got mistakes. And what James is saying is, no, when the Spirit of God speaks to these things, deal with them. Don't walk away from that moment. Why? I would love to suggest to you an idea. In the moment, there's faith to obey. We assume I can do it later, but that's not always the case. And so if we put this all together, the picture's really clear. Listening to, considering, pondering, and never really acting on the message of Jesus, whether that's his voice, a teacher we've been invited to listen to, or the scriptures, it's just dangerous. And the reason it's dangerous is if we don't move into action from those convictions and those dealings of the Holy Spirit, we're kind of closing our ears to the message of the gospel. Because the intention of the message was to promote change in us. Jesus was never giving the message. So we'd listen to him and go, oh man, what a great philosopher. He was giving it so we would act on it and say, that's my king. He spoke, I'm doing it. So if we consider James's statement, I think what he's saying that terrifies me is that we can numb our own sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Think about this for a second. If I refuse to pay attention when the Holy Spirit is leading me into something, well, he didn't speak to me. Yes, he did. If you saw it in the scripture, he spoke to you. If you heard it in the teaching, he spoke to you. If we really consider James's statement there that we can numb our sensitivity through a lack of obedience, it should cause us concern because it means I'm damaging my own ability to follow the Lord in the future by my lack of obedience today. There's another danger in this that I see James talking about that I think is important. It's that when we choose to numb his voice, we stop hearing him. And then we start believing he's for us, even when our endeavors are completely counter to his heart. Because we've killed off the ability to hear what he's saying. So we start to assume he's not convicting me. I'm doing great. And I see so many believers in this place. Because of a lack of obedience, they've numbed the voice of God. And because they've numbed the voice of God, they begin to assume the Lord is for them. And it just becomes this spiral of deception. And James is saying to the church, and I'm saying it to us, stop. Go back to simple obedience. Because this is an incredibly dangerous loop for us to be in. So the only answer for us is we immediately, actively obey. I, I mean in the moment when the Holy Spirit just says, hey, that should be all it takes is him to whisper. And we just stop and go, oh, Lord, you're right. Now, maybe in that moment, you're a husband. And the right answer is you have to stop and repent and say, hey, babe, I'm really sorry. Maybe you're a parent. And the answer is, I've been wrong. Maybe you're at work and you have to stop and just humble yourself and say to your boss, hey, my attitude's really, really wrong. Will you please forgive me? There's never going to be a time where we align with the kingdom that doesn't require a death to our own self. We have to understand that. I talked about that in the last teaching. The principle of the kingdom is if we want to see an increase of Jesus, it's going to come with the cost of a decrease of us. I know that's not an exciting message. That's not something people are shouting from the rooftops. But the truth is, we have set our trajectory as a family advantage of being a people that carry the presence of God. For us to carry an increasing level of him, it means there has to be a decreasing level of us. And the way that happens is through active obedience. That's how the Lord deals with who we are. If you find it hard to apologize, I'd love to invite you to something very simple. 
you're missing your moment to see an increase of the Lord in your life. Because one of the ways we get that is just by humbling ourselves and repenting. It's a really strong thing that we can walk in. What I love is James comes back. He's been pretty heavy handed so far and you might be like me going, oh man, I need a break. He's like, but if you just keep steadily looking into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free. Church, could I just invite us to that simple idea? The scriptures we hold, the the ideas that Jesus gives here, the path of life. It sets us free. And the enemy loves to whisper, follow me. Don't follow this. This is trying to rob you of fun. It's trying to rob you of the future. It's robbing you of finance, blah, 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 blah. It's just such a lie. This path is freedom. If you remember a few weeks back, Joshua stands in front of Israel and says, there's blessing and there's cursing. Oh, please choose blessing. Choose life. And so James just says, if you just keep looking into this, and this word looking steadily into, I love it. The root idea is to stop and bend over and see something. It's the idea of being so intentionally invested in knowing something that you have to get closer to it. That's James's picture here is that we just get so close to this that we almost want to just dive into it and say, I just want to know everything in here. We begin to study it, all the nuances. That's his idea of looking into the scriptures. He said, if you do that and you, and you do what it says, I love it. If you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard. It's a big idea in the Greek that James is dropping here. It actually contains a couple components I want to bring to light. One is to produce the reality of the message. Two is to not be a negligent hearer who refuses to act. So he's kind of restating what he stated already. If you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard. It's interesting that in this phrase, we are to hear and act, never just hear. If, if you get nothing out of this, this time in the scripture, please remember that. There's never a time in your and my life where we are just to hear the scriptures and think about them. We are always to hear and act. It's important in our culture because I think we've been always taught to hear and evaluate. We almost, in our Western mindset, are taught. Uh, I watched the debates the other night. And nothing that I listened to in the debates was going to be something that I wanted to act on. I was just considering it. That is a different idea than this. I think that's a healthy idea in politics. I think it's a very unhealthy idea in the kingdom. We are to hear. We are to act. So we have to, I mean, I'd love to just make a separation right here and say right now, Bill Johnson makes a statement in a teaching a couple weeks ago that floored me, that we have to vote and we have to be people that step up and, and utilize the rights that have been given to us. And I would openly say in my life, I've struggled with that concept because there's times when I'm like, I don't know if it matters. And he just talked, uh, he kind of rebuked the church in a really gentle way and just said, look, we have to vote the values of heaven, not the values of a party. I'm like, oh, what a killer idea. That's important. I can do that. What it sparked in me was this reality of, I have to be very careful to understand what to do in the kingdom and what to do in the world. In the world, listening to politics, it's great to casually listen and just consider but when it comes to listening to the scriptures and to listening to teachers in the kingdom, I am to approach it with an attitude and a posture that says, I'm here to be educated and learn and I'm putting it into action. That's what James is talking about. In the kingdom, we are to hear and act. And so there's, there is to be a responsibility in us that listens, studies, invites the Holy Spirit, but always then moves to action. 
And I love James' statement. If you do that, you don't forget what you heard. God will bless you. The original language reads, blessed in your endeavors. And it's just the idea of favor. I want to look at that for a second. I think the favor of God is one of my favorite things in scripture. At times, uh, in some of the cultures I grew up in, there was a fear to talk about the favor of God. So we were pretty heavy on the discipline of God and the difficulties of God. But the goal of Jesus's message in our lives is to transform us. And if we walk in step with him, which is just obedience to what he says, whether that's his voice or it's a teacher or it's a studying of scriptures, he puts favor into our lives. It's not possible to hear that and not come to this conclusion. Our Father desires us to walk in supernatural favor. I so want you to grab onto that. He deeply wants you to walk in crazy favor. I use a term a lot, I call it stupid favor, because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. It does not, abs- it does not add up. If you, if you just add it up on the ledger sheet, it doesn't work because now, one of our one of the guys in our teaching team used to talk about entropic gain in a system, and, and it's it's a law of thermodynamics, and that the Lord will just add things into the equation because He loves us and He loves to pour favor on His kids. I think that might also mean that our enemy, our enemy, the devil, deeply fears our obedience because he knows what's at stake. He knows that our favor and our blessing is at stake. And perhaps that's why he works so hard to rob our time so we can't study the scriptures or to lead us into temptation. And, but if we just step back and look at it and realize there's a plan that our Father has for us, a purpose that he has for us, he wants us blessed. He wants us doing great in the marketplace. He wants us living out his kingdom and his perspective everywhere. If we just think about that, there's, it's ridiculous not to follow that. As we look at James, there's a lot of hard things that James is going to talk about. And I just want to challenge us in, in, in this moment to consider what's at stake. Obedience to the message, digging in and aligning our life with this, is not to be good believers. It's to be the sons and daughters of the king who walk in favor, walk in blessing, so the rest of the world can look at us and say, I want to know what's going on in their life. I want what they have. That's our destiny. That's our future. That's our hope. I can't wait till we get to be together again. I'm so excited to worship together in our new space. It is coming and we're going to keep doing this and studying scriptures online until that time. Bless you guys. Have a fantastic week. Love you.